0: Episode 2 of the No Greater Joy podcast brought to you by the pastors here at Grace Baptist Church. I'm Steve Strong, lead pastor.
1: Ryan Atkins, serving in the Timothy position.
0: Dre
2: Bailey, associate pastor.
0: All right. Our heart's desire for our people is that uh, they would have what Jesus told his disciples. Uh, when he says in John 15:11 that he's spoken to them that uh, his joy would be into them and that their joy would be full And our heart's desire is for our people here at Grace to know greater joy. And uh, we are convinced that there is no greater joy for the believer than to step in three areas that we like to highlight as a church. uh, Being a go person, a witness for Jesus Christ, being an alongsider, intentionally developing relationships for discipleship and sharing Christ. And then a go person, intentionally developing relationships to, to witness, to share the gospel and uh, what's that?
1: And a 24-7 worshiper. And a
0: 24-7 worshiper. That's what we're highlighting right now. And uh, we're looking at the spiritual disciplines, episode one. We um, looked at primarily one of the spiritual disciplines, that's Bible intake. And we looked at hearing the Bible, reading the Bible, studying the Bible, and memorizing the Bible. We want to wrap up that Um that discipline with this idea of uh, meditation. What does it look like? What is it? And then we'll highlight a few of the other spiritual disciplines. We want to talk about prayer, uh, worship, silence and solitude, and fasting. So we want to quickly kind of move through these. And I think at the end, we really want to just challenge our people to pick one or two of these and set some goals and Mm kind of step into them. All right. Um, So let's talk about uh, meditation. Uh, where do we see meditation in Scripture?
1: So we see meditation in Scripture throughout the Old Testament. We see it in the New Testament. We see it throughout the Psalms. Um, three passage that, passages that uh, immediately come to mind are Joshua 1.8, uh, or as Joshua is beginning his leadership, uh, it's written, "This is This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. And uh, in our Psalm 145, the psalm we're memorizing as a church, we see it in verse 5, where it's written, On the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works, I will meditate. And then in the New Testament, we see it in Philippians 4, as Paul writes, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence if there is anything worthy of praise think about these things
0: yeah i think also i like you know even in the the christmas story we don't see any we don't see the word used meditating but we see mary doing it you mm-hmm. know after the shepherds and their experience and come in and they find mary and baby jesus and telling everything that's happened and it just simply says that she you know she pondered or treasured these things up in her heart she pondered them um and, uh, there's one other, uh, all through the Psalms, I'm glad you mentioned the Psalm 145, mm-hmm. which just meditate, 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 meditate. Um, what is it? What is meditation? We see it here in scripture. What, how would you describe it? What is it yeah, about people?
2: Well, well, I think our culture kind of defines it, uh, completely different than we would. Uh, obviously with culture, they look at meditation and it's basically just emptying of one's mind. Uh, we might even see on commercials somebody like sitting down and, and meditating and humming. And we tend to think, what the heck is that? And uh, is there anything in the Bible that talks about that? And really, when the Bible talks about meditation, it's talking about filling your mind with Scripture. It's not necessarily emptying your mind. It's filling your mind with Scripture. And so one way we can go about that is is filling our minds with Scripture, reading Scripture, soaking in Scripture. Focusing on this certain passage.
0: I like, uh, I think it was Whitney in the book talks about just rehearsing scripture over mm-hmm. and over and over. Yeah. Um, rehearsing it in our minds. I like um, someone described Second Timothy 3.16 when thinking about the profit that scripture is for us. For doctrine, reproof, mm-hmm. for correction, instruction, and righteousness. It's like when we take the time to rehearse scripture over and over. It's like cashing in on that profit. Mm -hmm. not letting that prophet sit off in a corner not taking advantage of it um yeah filling our mind with with god's word i don't know if you want to
1: yeah i was just going to say the one thing that donald whitney wrote that really stuck out to me was and i'm glad you alluded to it dre with how our culture defines meditation was just that because meditation is so prominent in many spiritually counterfeit groups and movements that some christians are uncomfortable with the whole subject and suspicious of those who engage in it but and he reminds us that we must remember that meditation is both commanded by God and modeled by the godly in Scripture. And That's I just right. thought that was a really nice, you know, re- remembrance for us as Christians that um, even though culture is taking it one way, we're to do it in another.
0: Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. I, I like the idea of, uh, you know, it's not rushing through Scripture. You know, we talked yeah. about reading and hearing the Word of God, studying it even. You know, meditation is. You know. It, 're gonna we're gonna stop we're gonna refuse to rush and so thinking about what might be some practical ways that our people can try to practice this um, you know if we're not gonna rush through scripture I think first of all you gotta you really gotta narrow down if you're gonna if you're gonna meditate if you're gonna rehearse scripture over and over it's hard to do with like a chapter it's hard even to do with a paragraph I think you really need to pick a verse and I wouldn't say you know if you're Stepping in and regular in your Bible reading, um, hearing the Word of God, every time you sit down and you're reading Scripture, pick a verse um, and maybe choose that verse for the week. Like I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna sit down. I'm not gonna rush through this verse. And I, one of the neat practical ways that I was reading was just to take um, a verse. Like for instance, if we took one of the verses, Psalm 119, or let's just take. 145 Psalm 145:5. One of the ones that we're memorizing. It just says, "On the glorious splendor of Your Majesty and on Your wondrous works, I will meditate." You know, take that verse for the week. And one of the practical things that you can do is just sit down and emphasize each one of those words as you read that sentence. And then just think, what is the significance of that word? You know, on the glorious splendor of Your Majesty. And think, what is that? What is the glorious? splendor of your majesty the glorious splendor of your majesty the glorious splendor of your majesty and just emphasize each one of those and and take time to write down your insights as you're mm-hmm. thinking about this or take advantage of um you know your drive times and turn the radio off and just rehearse it um emphasizing each one of those words i like uh, <clears throat> uh taking poetry Taking the poetry sections and rewriting them in your own words forces you to stop, not rush, <clears throat> to try to understand and to put those things. And then uh, I think Dre, you mentioned Philippians chapter four verse eight, in well, where we see this in Scripture. Thinking on these things, um, take I'll take that list there in Philippians four eight and use it as a filter. What am I reading here that is true? Take some time to think about it, answer that. What am I reading here that is honorable? What am I reading here that is uh, just? What am I reading here that is pure? What's lovely? What's commendable? What's excellent? What's praiseworthy? Um, I think that's a a healthy kind of way to just swim in Scripture and to rehearse this over and over and over. I don't know what other practical ideas would you guys suggest?
2: I think something that uh, I've heard from a pastor and his wife, Uh, the wife was talking one time and he said, oh, my husband, he just loves reading chapter by chapter and he reads several chapters in the morning. And uh, for myself, the wife said, I only read one chapter and I focus in on one word or or one uh, verse from that chapter. Um, That's always stuck with me. You know, I'm I'm a person who you know, I want to have one big idea for that day that I kind of stick with in my mind, and so throughout the day I just remind myself of that verse. I'll bring it up in conversations with people. Uh, I'll challenge people with that verse, um, and so that, for me that's how I I tend to meditate throughout the day on that one verse. I think something we we think about meditation, we think, oh, we have to set aside 30 minutes to meditate uh, on scripture. I think you're supposed to do it all throughout. The whole day. I mean, uh, in the book of Psalms, it talks about um, just sitting on the Word of God day and night. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's that's 24-7. So obviously, when you're sleeping, you can't. <laughs> but uh, throughout the day, when you're interacting with people, and you've read scripture in the morning, and there's something that stuck out to you, share it with someone.
0: That's right. Bring yeah, it up Psalm in conversation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Psalm, Psalm 1. one. Yep. His delight is in the law of the Lord, and in His law, He meditates day yeah, and night. That's mm-hmm.
1: right. And I think ending your day... With a time of meditation, yeah. um, I found that profitable versus watching TV till I'm falling asleep and having someone tell me to turn the TV off. Um, just taking that time, n- not as the only time, but as what better to fill your mind with before you drift off to sleep mm-hmm. than uh, the Word? And another mm-hmm. one of Whitney's uh, practical guidelines that he gave me—he gave us like what thirty yeah, in his it was book, a, great a raw, I, yeah, long yeah, I just, list. Wow. was the idea of finding setting a, a number as a minimum and then finding that number of insights from a single text yep. uh, from a single passage. and I think that that kind of guards us against the propensity to want to just rush through it mm. and think we've gleaned everything we can off of a verse or from a verse um, when there's so much more there to pull from.
0: Yeah, and he, he even gives a lot of creative um, artistic, ideas mm-hmm. for meditation what you can do with the passage so it's a great great resource but you know we need to move on what's the want to talk about prayer um prayer probably to most of us as believers is not an unfamiliar thing maybe there's a lot of insecurities with this but um but let's talk about the spiritual discipline of prayer where do we Dre, where do we see this in scripture
2: yeah we we see prayer throughout scripture um, both in the old testament and in the new testament Uh, But some of the the passages I really saw a lot about prayers in the New Testament, specifically with Jesus. Uh, He truly is our example for prayer. And so obviously we know about Matthew chapter 6, where Jesus is modeling prayer. Uh, He kind of lays out for his disciples and those around him, you know, here's a model of how you should pray. Uh, Also, when he's in the Garden of Gethsemane and he's kind of just pouring out his heart to the Lord, he's saying, take this cup from me. Um, he's praying, and his disciples are what? They're falling asleep. Falling asleep. Falling asleep, and uh, we also see in 1 Thessalonians 5.17 where it says, pray without ceasing.
0: Yeah, Jesus' life was marked by Mm. prayer Mm -hmm. over and over and over. We see him just stopping, getting away, and praying, and I think, I'm glad you mentioned that, Garden of Gethsemane, because when you start thinking about, well, what is prayer, you know, you think about what Jesus was doing in that garden.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And prayer, uh, I like to maybe define it as prayer, is just communion with God. Yep. Prayer with God is what communicating with each other as human beings mm-hmm. does. You know, it develops relationship, it fosters closeness. And I think, you know, uh, I'm sure in your relationship with your wives, you know, when we are not communicating, we're creating insecurity yeah. or we're not communicating. We're not, you know, developing closeness. And the same thing's true in our walk with the Lord. When there's not, when there's not communication, mm-hmm. there's distance. Um, and <clears throat> Jesus was that example. It's communion is talking with God. And, and I like how Jesus with his disciples, you know, he invites them to pray they're in the garden, because he knows that their uh, their mind is willing. So in their minds, they know, yeah, we're willing to follow Jesus wherever, but their flesh is weak.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. And Jesus knew what was going to happen after the garden, that they were going to, yeah. you know, their flesh was going to be weak, and they're going to run, <laughs> rather <laughs> than step into this with him. And that's why he invited him to pray. And I think When you think about what is prayer, I think it's a recognition of our own dependence, and it's stepping into that relationship. And we oftentimes find ourselves running in situations when we should be walking through them with Jesus, probably because we haven't prayed. We've not had that consistent communication. Um, uh, um, I like you put a quote here by... Sunday. Mm-hmm. If you're a stranger to prayer, you're a stranger to the greatest source of power known to human beings. Mm-hmm. What do you think about prayer? What do you guys think of? Uh, I, I tend to
2: think of, for, for me, it's more, more or less like you were talking about. It's, it's your conversation. It's your communion with, with the Lord. I, I know you talked about this with Jesus, uh, just consistently going off and praying. I think sometimes we think to ourselves, why in the world would he do that? Because he's God. Mm-hmm. he's also fully man and so what he, he's doing for us in that moment is he's setting an example for us he's setting it but he's not doing it for himself mm-hmm. he's doing it for us mm-hmm. so he sets the example and he sets the pattern for us to follow mm-hmm. and so i think sometimes we tend to think well why is jesus praying so much he's setting that example for us and he's saying watch me see how i do it. it's like it's like a father and a son when you're when your father's like hey watch mm-hmm. me work on this car or, or watch me throw this baseball or this football and do what I do. Mm-hmm. That's what Jesus is telling us in Scripture right now. He's telling us, do what I do when it comes to praying. And so I, I love that throughout, I mean, you look at Matthew chapter 6, he's laying out a model for prayer. You look at John chapter 17, he's laying out a model for prayer. Just do what he does, That'd you know. Probably, that's yep. Honestly, when it comes down to Christianity, that's it. He's saying, become like me, do what I do,
1: yeah. right? Yeah, and I really liked how, um, and I had written in our show notes here that, you know, David Platt um, addressed it as that we don't pray in order to get something, that we pray mm. in order to know someone.
2: Yeah, And good. it's
1: that idea of communion that we've talked about. And I really liked, uh, Donald Whitney had used the Martin Luther quote where it says, as it is the business of tailors to make clothes and of cobblers to mend shoes, so it is the business of Christians to pray. And I think that points back to uh, at the beginning of the Lord's Prayer in Matthew 6, where Jesus says, and when you pray, not yeah. if you pray, but when you pray, that we are expected to do this, and that it is an opportunity to have a conversation with our God, the creator of the universe. You yeah. know, it's it's amazing that through Christ we have an avenue to approach the throne of God in prayer. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. That's right. So, what, is, Prayers, so what, is
0: it, what does it look like? What would be some practical applications for our people?
1: It's important that you plan, 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 mm-hmm. and don't don't let the day get away from you uh, without praying. And uh, I know for me, in in my to do list, it's it's a daily recurring task that at 6 a.m. I yeah. start the day with prayer. Um, doesn't always happen at 6 a.m., but it's always on, and it, and it becomes a box to check. But it's a it's a faithful reminder that. Um, you know, the day can't be anything without, uh, starting with prayer. And, um, yeah, I think there can be, Steve, you talked about how we can have insecurities around prayer. And I really like how Matt Chandler says, it. he says, pray what you've got. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, it doesn't have to be this varsity level, mm-hmm. you know, uh, collegiate athlete level of prayer. It just needs to be what you've got. And that, uh, God can, you know, he hears our hearts and he knows what's our heart, our hearts desires are. And, that through that sort of prayer, uh, I think I likened it to once as a three-year-old kind of babbles, um, but as parents, you can understand that how much more so God can understand our fumbling prayers as mm-hmm. we go through it, and um, I think it's important to use scripture as a guide. Uh, there's a resource that David Platt puts out, puts out daily. Uh, it's a five- to seven-minute kind of devotional. to podcast you can subscribe to. It's called Pray the Word. And he just takes a short passage, meditates on it for a few minutes, and then guides you through prayer. And that's one that I found profitable uh, to use in studies and, and as I'm driving. Mm-hmm. You listen to a couple and just think and meditate and be in prayer.
0: Yeah, there's a certain level of, of praying without ceasing is just constantly throughout the day. You know, I'd like to, in addition to that, just encourage our people to, you know, you talked about plan, 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 you know. Designate a time, you know, plan that into your schedule. I would encourage our people to develop a prayer list, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> to put the names of the people that they want to be praying for. I would almost also develop a prayer request, and I think this kind of comes out of the, your reading of scripture, studying of scripture. You know, what's the the passage of scripture that you're meditating on, like let that be your prayer request for your people for the week. And so as you're working through it, just you're praying the same thing. You're praying scripture for people. I think that's one of the most I think practical things to do is to is to pray scripture. And when we're thinking about goals, you know, you know, of course we're encouraging our people to to develop these quarterly spiritual growth plans. And if you're gonna set a a prayer goal, maybe determine I'm gonna pray, you know, I'm gonna have designated time Two times a week, Tuesday and Friday mornings from six to six thirty. I'm gonna pray through my prayer list and I'm gonna pray this prayer request this week. Um, I, I think those can be some very practical things. And I the best way, like Donald Whitney says, I think the best way to learn how to pray is to pray. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And and I'd encourage you to pray out loud. Mm-hmm. I know sometimes that can be prohibitive, maybe if if you're whatever your location is, but I think when you can pray out loud, it keeps your focus. Um, it keeps you from wandering. It keeps you from thinking about other things. In different um,
1: postures, yeah, different, you know. Absolutely. It's...
2: I think there's a muscle to be strengthened there mm-hmm. for most mm-hmm. people. And, and when you go to the gym, you're working out a particular muscle consistent, consistently. Mm-hmm. And that's the same with prayer. You need to work that muscle out. Um, I would just add, kind of going back to meditating, you know, maybe take that one. That one verse, the one passage that you're thinking throughout the day about, use that for prayer. Mm-hmm. Use that to kind of mold your prayer for that day.
0: That's right. I'd encourage our people to read some good books mm-hmm. about prayer. But we'll talk about learning and journaling a little bit later. But, um, and I like the uh, to kind of give some direction to your prayer time. This little acrostic here, P R A Y. You know, maybe in your prayer time that you've designated or set aside, spend time, you know, spend five minutes praising. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Spend five minutes in the R is just repenting. You know, what are the areas in your life as you reflect? What are the requests? A is ask and pray. So praise, repent, ask, and then yield. You know, what are the areas in our lives that we need to have an open hand in? What are the relationships that we're uh, idolizing What are the uh, the dreams, the goals that we have that we need to hand over to God and spend time giving those things?
1: Yeah, and that that acrostic is modeled after the Lord's Prayer in Matthew 6. That's the pattern we see Jesus following as he's guiding his disciples to prayer. Yep.
0: So as we keep moving through here, I want to talk about another discipline, uh, the discipline of worship. Um, Immediately we think, when we think about worship, we think about church service, and -hmm. that's a part of it. And really... You know, at the heart of what it means to be a twenty four seven worshiper, which is what we're talking about. We're talking about taking what we do on a Sunday and doing it individually. and and I hope our people are worshiping. Hmm. you know um, we see worship all throughout scripture, and it's not just tied to a worship service. I think you know you have the times psalm nineteen one, the heavens declare the glory of God and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. that's worship. you know psalm ninety five six. Oh, come let us worship and bow down, kneel before the Lord our Maker. I think John or excuse me, Thomas, after the resurrection of Jesus, you know, the first time the disciples are together, he misses Jesus, he doesn't see him, and he's like, Yeah, you know, I'm not gonna believe until I, I see him with my own eyes. I I touch the scars, touch his hands, touch his feet, touch his side. And then the second time Jesus is there, Thomas answered when he sees Jesus, my Lord, my God that's a moment of worship you know Mm -hmm. seeing the truth and just overflowing in awe and wonder Mm -hmm. and really that idea of awe we see happening even in the book of acts the first church the very first gathering after pentecost people are coming to know christ and the disciples are teaching and what does luke tell us in chapter 2 verse 43 awe awe came on every soul you know that's That's, I think, the wonderful description of worship. Of course, we see it all throughout Revelation uh, as we've been studying through it uh, around the throne. uh, Four living creatures uh, are worshiping God. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Um, Worthy are you. We see it. Worthy is the Lamb. Mm -hmm. Revelation chapter 4, chapter 5. Worship, unfortunately, worship has really just been kind of relegated to. Sunday mornings. Sunday mornings yeah. Mm-hmm. When it really needs to be, and we see it in Scripture, just constant, just always being our theme in awe.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, what, it, what it? So let's let's talk a little bit about what that might look like. What is worship then?
1: I think in the basic form, like you just said, it's our theme for this year, and it's living in awe. You know, mm-hmm. always being in awe and letting the awe of God preoccupy, you know, our minds versus the awe of a created thing. Uh, and I think that's where sometimes we fall off the wagon during the week is that we're in awe on a Sunday morning. And then by Monday morning, we were already focused on other things in the world. And, you know, whether it's our to-do lists or, um, what's going on at work, you know, it's just those things take the place of God in our worship. And, um, and it's, it's subtle, it, it sneaks in. It's, you know, I like how, uh, Donald Whitney describes worshiping as, a, as to worship God means to ascribe the proper worth to God, to magnify his worthiness of praise, mm-hmm. to or better to approach and address God as he is worthy. You know, and I think it needs to be informed uh, by the word of God. It needs to be fueled by the gospel. Mm-hmm. It needs to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. And in the glory of God and the transformation of the worshiper is the result of living in awe.
0: Yeah, we don't mm-hmm. oftentimes think about worship having... A transformative work on my own heart Yeah. You know, but it does every sunday mm-hmm. and it mm-hmm. can and our hearts desire is really for that to happen for our people every single day i like what also what Whitney says here is that really kind of pertinent to our theme knowing greater joy is we minimize our joy when we neglect the daily worship of god in private mm-hmm. um what would be some practical ways that we can encourage encourage our people toward
2: worship yeah. Well, I, I think going back to kind of just mm-hmm. defining worship, um, I like the definition. Worship is more than singing along to a song. Worship is making Jesus the focal point of your heart and mind. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's kind of making him the center of everything. Um, and I like what A.W. Tozer says. He says, any man or woman on this earth who is bored and turned off by worship is not ready for heaven.
0: That's right. I love that. That's great.
2: That's wild.
1: Because mm-hmm. that's, what are we going to do when we get to that's heaven?
2: That's true. Yeah. yeah. Complete awe and worship overflowing any man or woman on this earth who is bored and turned off by worship is not ready for it. That's
0: right. And every Sunday it should it's not about the quality of the people leading. No. No. We, we, there should not be a Sunday where yeah, we do not We
1: focus too much on that. That's
0: right. And if
1: and it's not about how we feel entering the room on a Sunday, it's not no. how we feel going through our day on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, whatever day of the week, but it's it's rather it's a it's a recollection of who God is. And that that should drive our worship, even though we may not feel like it. God is who he is, and he deserves to be worshiped in that way.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah it's true. Great. It's true. But some practical tips, uh, I, I would suggest uh, just maybe take a month and listen to worship music that whole month. Don't listen to any other music except Christian and worship music yeah. for a whole month. I think, I think it can change people. I think there can be um, transformation through that, especially with our words and... Our there's, thoughts. there's so much available.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. And in every genre. Yeah. Sure. Like there's not a genre that's untouched by Christian lyrics. Mm-hmm. It's true.
2: Yep. You and and use your driving time. I know I do this uh, when I'm driving to work or I'm driving back from work. I'm listening to music and that mm-hmm. music's gonna be Christian music. And it's not to say that we can't listen to other music, um, but it's just saying hey, you know, it's probably a good idea to listen to more Christian music than secular music or worldly music.
0: Yeah, and even just, you know, the specific genre of worship music, yeah. you know, <clears throat> uh, Shane and Shane, yeah. you know, has hours worth of just worship music. Yeah. We yeah. sing most of the, their stuff here at church. Mm-hmm. And and just, yeah, fill your time mm-hmm. with that. I think that could be a powerful thing. And their
1: artistic expression of the Psalms. Just for yes. th- if you meditate, if you're meditating on a psalm, look and see if they've got a, a you know, a, a hook written for that song, uh, for that psalm, and that's a great way to spend time in meditation, thinking about what you've read, hearing it sung in just a slightly different way with the same heart and the same mind behind it, but just putting it to a tune, and that 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 work that they've done has been
0: phenomenal. Yeah. I think maybe a goal that we could give to somebody is write your own music. <laughs> you know. Write your own lyrics. Mm-hmm. Take the time that you've spent reading in the Word, hearing it, and meditating it, meditating on it. And as you are writing your insights down, you know, try your hand at writing a poem, mm-hmm. expressing your reaction, expressing the truth that you're reading. Um, I forget where I, I read this or heard this, is that... You know, this could be happening all the time. You know, every local church has their own unique dynamic, makeup of people, what people are experiencing in life, and how cool would it be if at Grace Baptist Church our people are writing worship music Yeah. that's reflective, mm-hmm. specific to our situation and how the truths and the beauty of God apply to that. Yeah. and on Sunday mornings we're singing our own music mm-hmm. yeah not relying on others I think that's yeah.
2: a well and I think some of these these Christian bands or some of these Christian artists where did they start absolutely most if not all of them started within a church I mean that's why you have so many uh, Christian artists or Christian bands with the church's name involved with that band it's because mm-hmm. they start in the church Yep. there's an outpouring
0: an overflowing of always occurring at the church yep so we'll put it out there let's put the challenge out there see if our people can write some music for Bring us by some yeah. lyrics and let's let's see what can happen let's see where i can go all right let's move on um the next spiritual discipline that we want to talk about through this is uh we have, we have two more to go i think uh the next one two is more silence and solitude so for the next five minutes that's all we're going to have we're not going to talk? We're not going to talk. Are you serious? Yeah, this is to help people I with the spiritual I thought this was so a discipline. podcast. I thought you are supposed to talk. Well, we're talking about silence and solitude. We're leading so by I example. Yes.
1: Uh, Purely by example. Right. We'll five, see, we'll see four, in five. three, two, one. Yeah, so we see silence <laughs> and solitude.
0: I think you just edited it five minutes out. <laughs> yeah.
1: So we see silence and solitude throughout uh, the Gospels, and specifically in Matthew 14, that after Jesus has dismissed the, dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountains by himself to pray. And then when evening came, he was still there alone. Uh, We see it in Mark. We see it throughout Luke, um, you know, Mark 6. And he said to them, come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. And they went away in the boat to a desolate place by themselves, speaking of Jesus and the disciples. Uh, So we see the necessity of... Um, even the God Man, Jesus Christ Himself, had to step away at times for that a period of reflection and and just to quiet Himself. And... Definitely.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, go ahead.
2: Yeah, and, and uh, you know what is what is silence and solitude? Uh, I simply just define it as silence and solitude is getting away with the purpose of growing in Christ. Uh, I tend to think back uh, to college and. And each semester, I would just take one day, and I would just get away. I would get away from, from collegiate baseball. I'd get away from the friends I was around, the the, the schoolwork I had. i just get away. I would just spend that day in a state park, a national park, whatever, um, just be in God's creation and, uh, and be in awe of that. And I And I think, again, this is – Ryan was alluding to it, but, again, Jesus – Jesus sets the tone again. Mm-hmm. He sets the pattern and he sets the example. Jesus himself God had to get away. He had to get away. This man this man saw that he had to. He knew he had to and it wasn't for himself again. It was for him in order to set an example for
0: us. Yeah. If he saw the value in it. Yes. Yeah. And I you know and I appreciate what Whitney writes about this and I think it's so true that you know, Unlike previous generations, technology now makes it possible for us to enjoy the benefits of news, music, yeah. educational content, and more whenever we want, wherever we are. But the downside is that the appeal and the access- accessibility of these things means the elimination of almost all quiet spaces yeah. in our life. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: How true is that? It's I mean, true. there's not a moment mm-hmm. in our lives that's not consumed yeah. by noise, people... Content, and you know, Jesus didn't have the technology that we have in his culture and day. If he found the need and saw the value then, yeah, how much more mm-hmm. for us as Christians today?
1: And it's going to take effort. Oh. It's not going to just yeah. happen. I mean, like all these disciplines we talked about, they require an effort. They they require an energy and a focus to to pursue, and this one so much more because we've got a computer in our pockets. If we want it, mm-hmm. you know, we've got access, like he says, to everything at our th- our fingertips, our thumbs, you know, mm-hmm. and um, I thought it was interesting that Donald, when he kind of split the two, I always thought of them as silence and solitude, always hand in hand, uh, but he, that he split the two in his definition where he talks about the discipline of silence being the voluntary and temporary abstention from speaking so that certain spiritual goals might be sought and that solitude is the spiritual discipline of voluntarily and temporarily withdrawing to privacy for spiritual purposes. Mm-hmm. And so I thought that was a great way to just think about the two, because like I said, I before this, I had always thought of the two as intertwined and that you couldn't have one without the other necessarily. But I think he's showing that it is possible to do one without the other um, and still have fruit from that experience. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and I think I, I feel this even in my own preparation for, the, for my messages, is that because of the constant distraction, and noise, and availability, and the variety of the availability of different content, whether it's on our phone, internet, whatever, is that it's, we, we're almost like we're training ourselves not to be able to dwell long on a single topic, mm-hmm. and, and as I, just thinking about this, you know, we're talking about these spiritual disciplines, whether it's meditation, prayer, silence, and solitude. Um, meditating, or I said, uh, uh, reading scripture, memorizing scripture—that like that f- takes extended periods of time to focus on a single topic and a single idea. And it, i can't help but think, you know, our adversary is at work here, trying to keep Christians from dwelling on a single topic for any extended period of time. But we're always distracted.
1: Mm-hmm. and
0: you know we get into something and then i gotta check and i gotta give my brain a break rather than just kind of living in it and you know um silence and solitude for the believer is like what rest is and sleep is for for us physically mm-hmm. you know you know how it is you get a, a night's re- sleep and it's interrupted every hour <laughs> your body's not rested and you silence and solitude can kind of serve that for us spiritually it's like taking a period of time getting rid of that distraction you know it can be a, a complete night's sleep for us spiritually yeah. but and I'm i think it's recharging yes, yeah
1: right. and it's important too to realize that even good distractions are still distractions yes. yes so that that it's not just scrolling through your favorite app or playing your favorite gra- game as your brain break you're not really Given your brain a break, you're just occupying it in another way that you think requires less brain power. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But this here is a focus and you know, even putting aside good things to focus on this one thing. Yep.
0: Yeah. So I wanna some practical suggestions. What could this look like? I I think on some level it can be um, I think in one way, I think we'd encourage our people to plan an extended period of time into their calendar. It mm-hmm. could be a day, it could be a morning and afternoon, mm-hmm. where you're just gonna you're gonna unplug, you're gonna you're gonna turn your phone off, turn your computer off, you're not gonna check email, you're gonna get out, you're gonna get out in nature, you're gonna get out by the lake, you're gonna get away from that distraction, and you're just going to, I would suggest, do your spiritual disciplines,
2: mm-hmm.
0: spend your time in prayer, spend your time in reading, and in meditating, taking some of those practices that we've been talking about, or the, some of the suggestions. Um, that we that Whitney has in his book, and, and you just spend that time refreshing your your own soul with you and the Lord. So I'd encourage you know, over a course of a three month period, pick a day for that. But I think it also can happen on a regular basis every day. You know uh, it could be in the morning where you just I'm not checking my phone. I'm not checking opening up my computer. You know, I'm going to go old school and just open up my Bible. Like, one of the drawbacks of having the Bible app on your phone and doing your reading on your phone is you get all those notifications, right? Yeah. You know, set it aside, but build it into your daily routine. You know, we talked about, okay, worship, using your drive times for worship. Mm -hmm. Use your drive times for silence and solitude. Just quiet. So much, I've even found... You know, our schedules are so driven by, you know, what our kids are doing and all this kind of stuff, which is great. It's a time of life that we have. I've even found just the, the 15, 20 minute drive sometimes to go pick the kids up. If I turn everything off, I find myself just thinking through my message and thinking through the content and thinking through what's, how do I want to communicate this? And, and I find myself, I'm meditating, mm-hmm. but it's also silence, it's quiet, even though I do have the distraction of driving. Um, but anyway. What else do you guys think when it comes to how can we encourage our people? What can this look like?
1: I think it's important to try and find, like how he he gave us the idea of find different places to identify that have different lengths of time required to get there. So find some place that's within walking distance and Mm -hmm. identify that as a place of silence and solitude for you. Find some place that's a short drive away. Find some place that's a longer drive away and so Mm -hmm. forth. And I think we are blessed to live where we live and that you can go, uh, to the lake. You can go down into the Metro parks. And Audrey, you mentioned going to the Metro parks Mm -hmm. earlier and that that provides an opportunity for us to, there's so many trails and paths in which you can walk that you can walk for probably an hour and sometimes not see another person.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yesterday I was picking up Kara from school, uh, and, uh, I'm like, you know what, I got 30 minutes. I'm just going to go to the closest metro park and just walk around, you know. And it was beautiful just to have that silence and, and the quiet and just to be able to pour my heart out to the Lord and and uh, just listen to what he had. And even just seeing other people around, you know, it's just refreshing.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: We're a battery that needs to be recharged consistently. Mm-hmm.
0: That's great. Mm-hmm. On that note, um, let's hit this. At least for this episode, this last, um, the last and final one, fasting. And I, as as much as silence and solitude is appropriate and needed in our culture, I think fasting might perhaps also be. Dre,
2: so, oh, where do we where do we see this in scripture? Yeah. Uh, again, I think we see Jesus setting <laughs> yeah. the example in the tone. Uh, Matthew chapter four, verse two. And after fasting forty days and forty nights, he was hungry. Forty days.
1: The biggest understatement nights. in the entire in the entirety of the Bible, that he was hungry.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, he was right. And he was hungry. (laughs) Yes. Uh, We also see it uh, in Matthew chapter 9, verse 14 to 15. Then the disciple of John came to him saying, Why do we and the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? And Jesus said to them, Can the wedding guests mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast. So we see we see Jesus mentioning fasting a lot. Yeah, it's and you know?
0: to be honest with you, it's more in Scripture than maybe I initially than thought. Than people think, yeah, yeah. for sure. You I know? agree. Uh, just yeah. it was Esther. We see it in Acts with Paul. Yeah. In the Old Testament prophets, sure. um, Daniel. Daniel, that's right. Mm-hmm. Um, when you think about fasting and what it looks like, what is it? Um, I like what Piper calls. Uh, Whitney quotes Piper as saying. Fasting, it's the hunger of homesickness for God. Mm -hmm. Um, And Whitney, thinking about just our own culture, what it's like to live here in the U.S., you know, Christians in a gluttonous, a denialist, self indulgent society, which we live in. I mean, we we are gluttonous, we're denialist, we don't deny Mm -hmm. ourselves anything, Mm -hmm. we're self indulgent. A society like that may struggle to accept and begin the practice of fasting few disciplines go so radically against the flesh just so true and against the mainstream of culture as this one Mm. um and i guess to put it in a nutshell it's the believer's voluntary absence or Mm. abstinence from food for spiritual purposes and i think it's important you know thinking scripture and just trying to define what fasting is it, it is always with food yeah, You know, it's not with our phones. It's not with uh, other kind of elements. And I think primarily because the purpose of fasting is you are using this God given need and desire as a reminder. So as you fast, you're hungry. And it's that hunger sensation that reminds you why I'm fasting. What's that spiritual purpose? And then you remi- use that reminder to then engage in that purpose. And so mm-hmm. hunger is like that alarm clock to say, oh, yes, this is what I'm doing. And it, it gets you to focus. And so hunger, obviously, I don't have to do anything to get hungry. And so I think it's at least worth highlighting that hunger does something for us that maybe mm-hmm. other things that we would abstain from mm-hmm. perhaps yeah. probably don't. Yeah.
2: But So would you say, what would you say to someone who is like, hey, you know, maybe I'm taking... 40 days or whatever from social media.
0: You I think know, that's that healthy. Mean, yeah. I, I think it could
2: be a fast. did you call it, my question? I, I guess would be would you call it a fast, so or would I, you just call it a break?
0: I think you'd call it. I, I guess I, I'm not gonna mm. split, I'm just, split I'm hairs cu- and all yeah, this. Yeah, I'm just curious. But I think it's you know taking curious. a break from social media could probably yeah. you'll probably initially feel the the draw to it for sure but probably okay. what ends up happening is yeah 10 days in you don't have the desire for social media anymore like food. Yeah. and then it but yeah so 40 days in i mean jesus is constantly for sure. right. and yeah and you're it's filling a that constant constant with something reminder. else yeah. Yeah. Sure. you're
1: fasting or you're you're taking a break from social media but you're inserting something other than god in yeah. its place and yeah. i think like you said the hunger pang that's mm-hmm. a constant reminder as you're yeah. fasting from food that draws us back to um Attention of, on God, and I liked how David Platt uh, described fasting as feasting on fellowship with God, yeah. and just that one one word or one letter difference from fasting to feasting, um, and then just placing that idea of fellowship with God as more important than the actual intake of food for yeah. that time.
0: Yep, usually not water. Usually people are drinking,
1: mm-hmm. I think, just
0: for health purposes, um, and there's some other different things of what it is. It's voluntary. This yep. is not a coerced thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's not a weight loss. I know we kind of <laughs> joke with that, yep. but it's not. We don't do it to we lose weight. It's not a weight loss method. Um, it's a private thing. Even Jesus in the Beatitudes or in the Sermon on the Mount was like, when you fast, you know, don't go around looking mm-hmm. like you're all hungry and, you know. Yeah.
1: Gloomy. Uh, gloomy yeah, because, yeah.
0: oh, I'm fasting. You know, he's like, put on your best, yeah. and you go out like nothing's happening. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's, it's private. It's between yeah. you and the Lord.
2: Yeah, and he says the same thing about prayer. About Don't prayer. Yep. the hypocrite
0: who goes out and prays. That's right.
2: In front of everyone. Yeah.
0: So what is it, what could this look like in the lives of our people here at Grace? So I think it needs to have a purpose.
1: Yeah. Um, it needs to be clearly defined. You know, what area are you wanting to focus on or or bring to greater attention in your life? Um. And that Donald Whitney in his book said, having a biblical purpose for your fast may be the single most important concept to take from this chapter that he had written. And that that it is a biblical purpose. Um, And I think that's where the splitting the hairs between social media and Mm
0: -hmm. food
1: is. Food is what we see in scripture. And I think, therefore, that's what we need to model our lives after. Um, So there's lots of different types of fasts. there's a You can do a partial fast where you're limiting certain things from your diet um, but not abstaining from all food. And if you think about Daniel uh, and his time in Babylon, you think of an absolute fast where it's all food and all liquid, uh, which Steve, you mentioned in Esther. Uh, we see that, that fast with Mordecai and the Jews. Um, you can fast with a group. You can fast with your congregation. Um, you can do it regularly. You can do it occasionally. Um, there's just so many... I think the idea of a regular fast is important that it sets us up for discipline. Um, But occasionally there might be something, a special occasion or a certain need that arises that you need to be driven to a further dependence upon God. Mm -hmm. And that's a way to use a fast uh, in order to, again, heighten that relationship with God and that community with God, that fellowship with God.
0: All right. Any other thoughts before we kind of wrap this up?
1: So I'll give you, since we had uh, an acrostic for pray, uh, there's an acrostic for fast that I've come across. Uh, It's fast. So the F is to focus on God. A is to abstain from food. S is to substitute the time with prayer and study. And T is to taste and see that God is good. And I thought David Platt um, did a really nice job kind of summarizing
0: the purpose for fast with that acrostic. All right, so we got pray and we got fast. Yep. Very good. All right. Well, as we kind of wrap this up, I know we um, kind of hit on these pretty quick. Um, I'm sure we'll take some time over the course of this podcast, on this series and these different episodes to maybe zero in on a few of these and just talk a little bit more about them. But um, at least initially our hope and goal is that um, our listeners, people like Grace here, would take seriously some of these disciplines, uh, that they would develop their own kind of quarterly spiritual growth plan, you know, as we're finishing up March, we got our April, May, and June this next quarter. We have the papers available uh here at the church. Uh take one, pick a few of these different disciplines and set some goals over for the next three months. Um meditation, prayer, worship, silence and solitude, fasting. Maybe don't do them all, but maybe pick a couple. Yeah. And um I am really convinced that uh, if we step into these, we will uh, have greater joy. And uh, we want to see our people know greater joy. All right. Awesome, guys. Till the next time. God bless. Till then. Till then. Peace.